Hey y'all, welcome back to Spiritually Intuitive Sister. I'm your host, your girl, your sis, your friend. My name is Anterica and I'm so grateful for you joining in with me. Here on my podcast, we explore all different aspects of our spiritual journey together one step at a time. Remember, this is a space created to gain divine clarity, wisdom, and guidance together. You don't have to be alone, so join the family and let's grow and learn together. All right. Part two, I I don't even know how to begin to describe to you the feeling that I felt like it felt like somebody had hit me in my throat. (laughs) I feel like a cartoon, right? But somebody had punched me in my throat and pulled me into a whole nother time frame. Like all the air in my body left every thought that was in my mind ceased. Like it was so dead ass quiet in my mind, in my heart, in my soul, in my spirit. It scared the shit out of me. I literally felt like, did I just die? Like I have to be dead because there was like a stillness like no other. And I said, okay, (laughs) okay, so I'm not crazy. So you mean to tell me this happened to me? And her words were again. Oh, Anterica, I prayed that you would never remember you were so young. You weren't even a year. You were months old. I think six months at the most. When I tell you I broke. We got to do this. I broke. I broke like nobody's business because my mind was so for 13 years because as long as I remember I remember having this fucked up ass dream I remember replaying this dream this vision so I thought in my head and for the longest I thought am I gay am I a pedophile like what the hell is wrong with me and you mean to tell me that there's truth to it And your response to me was, I prayed that you would never remember. And it hurt because it was a thing of, wow, you prayed that I would never remember. But did you plan on me remembering? Did you plan on what you would say to me when I would come to you and tell you that I was being tortured by these visions? So I... Excuse me, let me get my shit together. (laughs) I remember crying and feeling like I'm a fucking dirty rag. Like there is nothing clean about me. There is nothing valuable about me. There is nothing that anybody would want from me. Like I am nothing. I am nothing. Like this happened and I wasn't even a year. I was six months so things started to click like this is why I couldn't talk because I kept thinking well why is it that I'm looking up at this person and I can't yell for help like I felt like I couldn't communicate like my tongue wouldn't move or I didn't know how to formulate the words like I felt like I was mute almost this makes sense now why I felt like I was less than or that I couldn't get to Oh, the mind fuck was something. (laughs) 
It was something out of this world because I felt so trapped. So trapped. So it went from feeling like a pedophile to now feeling like, where were y'all at? Who was supposed to be watching me? How did this happen? And was this a one-time occurrence? Did, did, you know, anybody ever do anything? Did like the guy ever get the, or the little boy, did they ever, you know, did he get caught? Did y'all see something or did he just do this until we moved away? Like, what the fuck? (laughs) And I remember walking past her and saying, wow, thanks, thanks. And I didn't mean it in a way where it was like, fuck you. (laughs) Although it felt like that and it sounded like that. It more so was like, thanks for confirming that I'm not crazy. You know, thank you for solidifying that, you know, I'm not a pervert. Like, thank you. (laughs) I couldn't find a nicer way to say it. So I just walked by her and I said, thanks. You wish that I wouldn't have remembered. Okay. Let me sit with that. I I didn't go by her and say, now I remember. So what the fuck are you going to do? Like none of that. It was more so like, thank you. Because for the longest, for 13 years, as long as I can remember, I thought I was nuts. Like I didn't want to watch people's kids. I didn't want to be around nobody because I thought something was like literally wrong. Like something was fucked up about me and there is no need for me to be around civilization, right? Oh, so I went upstairs. And I went to my room. Mind you, I had that knife (laughs) wrapped in that towel, which made no fucking sense to me. Because where the knife laid on my forearm, there should have not been any blood that seeped through into the towel. I don't know how she saw the blood. And I remember looking down and seeing the blood like it was it bled through. But where the knife was, was in the towel. And it should have covered, like it should have, at least it should have formed, you know, like the outline of the knife, but it seeped through as though it was, you know, no knife there. So I got upstairs, I went to my room and at that time, like I said, I was in a dark place. So this is no shade to any genre. Let me say that clearly. Okay. Because this is no shade, like period, point blank. I went from CC Winans to ACDC. Do you feel me? Great Balls of Fire and all of the darkest music, like hard rock. Not that all hard rock was dark, but I went to like some really dark music that all talked about dying and pain and basically like offing yourself. And I don't know how the fuck, now that I think about it, like I'll tell you this, The shit that like when you are being pulled by the dark entities and the low vibrational entities, they will do whatever the fuck they feel like they need to, to get your attention and to make you feel like you are by yourself. All that music that spoke to me was dark. Do you hear me? It was all about killing yourself and all about, you know, getting rid of this soul and this life because it wasn't worth it to live. Like it was some sick shit. So I had that music playing because music speaks to me. Like you can tell my mood and my mode by the music that I listen to. So I was playing the music and I was sitting in my room and I was just thinking like, okay, so I'm not crazy. 
I never expected anybody to ever confirm that I wasn't crazy. I just automatically assumed that's what it was because of the shit that I was thinking of, right? So I'm in my room and I'm crying and I'm trying my hardest to be quiet because I didn't want to have another encounter with my parents. I don't know if my mom went upstairs and told my dad, hey, she remembered what happened to her when she was six months. I, I don't want, I don't think we should leave her by herself. I don't know. So I tried my hardest to play norm like I've been doing. Like I had been doing, like life was good. Life of the party, making people laugh, but dying inside and ready to like kill myself. That's literally where I was at. And so I remember sitting there at my desk that my dad had bought me. It's like executive desk is probably why I feel like I'm a boss bitch, right? Anywho, sitting at my desk and I remember telling God, okay, look, I know that I have been pissed at you right? That come Jesus moment. I've been pissed at you. I have been furious with you. I have been upset with you because I have, I have gone through some shit that made no sense. But now that I have an inkling of truth and clarification and confirmation of the stuff that I've been seeing, I need you to show me the truth. I need to remember what happened to me so then that way I can figure out how to deal with it but I can't have bits and pieces and I don't want to talk to anybody who's going to give me bits and pieces right so I asked him for a dream <sighs> so I went to sleep that night and my dream was that I was crawling in the front family room if you call it formal living room of Orchard Street and I was so young at the point to where I couldn't talk. And there was a little boy who was either a neighbor or lived on the street or somebody who came over to play with us. And he played with all of us, but my brothers were in the den. My uncle and them were inside of their rooms or in the den, I don't know, but they weren't in the formal living room. And he had drugged me from the den where my brothers were at into the formal living room. And he was taking his hand and he was sticking it in my pamper and he was shoving it to the point to where there was blood in the pamper. I saw the pain. I felt the pain. There was a part where I started to scream. And it made sense because in the dream, the pain was so excruciating. I wanted to scream then. And so in my dream, I was screaming, crying like a baby. I cried out and my uncles came and it was this commotion to where, like, I seen one of my uncles, like, sock him and fall over me. I seen another uncle pick me up and put me on the other side of the room. And then they were jumping him. They were beating him up. And I was crying. And even in sitting up, like how they sat me up against the wall and I could hear them calling for my brothers and I could hear them telling them to come get me and I could hear them you know going off and cussing and fussing like what the fuck are you doing and if you lost your mind I'm gonna kill you like all this shit right I could hear them saying that but when they sat me up up against the wall I want to say it was my uncle he put me all the way at the opposite end of the room 
away from all of the commotion and he didn't lay me down but he sat me up and I remember sitting in like a seated position and leaning over and the excruciating pain it was so painful that it felt like I couldn't breathe out of my throat like it felt like the pain was radiating out up through my body out of my throat out of my mouth and I started to scream even more so much so that it stopped them from beating his ass to come and see about me So my uncle came to see about me because I was crying. And so he was like, of course, you know, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And I was like screaming murder. And the way that he had me seated, it felt like death, if that makes sense. And I remember trying to tell him like, I can't breathe sitting up. So he picked me up and he swallowed me like a baby and he seemed that when he put his hands up under like my butt and like swaddled me on the back to my neck I screamed so he put me down gently and he went to check my pamper and so when he did he took off the pamper to check to see like I'm assuming he checked to see the damage when he pulled the pamper off it was bright red blood that same vision that I saw of this pamper in my face with bright red blood and he started crying And in the dream, I remember I started crying because I could feel his pain like he felt he was angry and he felt guilty because he he felt like he wasn't watching me the way that he should have. And it it like even to think about it now, it broke my heart. He was crying and he had asked his brother, he was like, tell the boys, tell somebody to get me a diaper, get me a diaper and get me a washcloth. And so he cleaned me and he put me into another diaper a clean diaper and he took that diaper and he was getting ready to throw it away and he said no there was phone calls that was made and the next thing that I seen was I was sitting on a counter seal right and over my lap I don't know how to explain this so if you ever put a baby up on a counter which you should never do because that's dangerous and they're very unpredictable (laughs) but Nine times out of 10, most people put a baby on like a counter or whatever high up and then they take their arm and they cross it over their lap. And that is their way of securing them, almost like a seatbelt, like your arm is the seatbelt for them. So that's what they did to me. And so my uncle, he had his arm around over my lap and they had me seated and they had me kind of like crisscross, like they didn't have nobody touch me. I don't even think my parents were able to touch me, right? And so... I'm hearing this lady say, why did you do what you did? But why did you do what you did? Huh? Explain to me why you did it. Like, no, tell me why you did it. And so his response, he responded and it wasn't clear. It was as though he was deaf. So I was looking like up and looking at my uncles and looking at the floor, looking like at my surroundings or what have you. And when I heard him not able to respond or articulate the way that I did, I remember looking at the table. And so my parents were standing on opposite side of the table. His mother was sitting there and she had this white nurse's outfit on and she had this white hat like a it reminds me of the old school nurse's hats. That's probably the best way I can describe it. But she had this hat on and she was sign languaging to him. Why did you do what you did? No, tell me why did you do it? Why did you do it? What did you do, Daniel? And she was crying and asking for forgiveness. And she was like, he's never done this before. I don't know where this came from. I am so sorry. And so the animosity 
and the tension in the air was so thick like made the wrong move he probably would have died my dad was furious my mom was like in shock the lady was crying he was fearful and my uncles was ready to beat his ass again right and so she kept saying i don't know pastor gamble i don't know why he did this i am so sorry he has never done this and he stopped coming over because i i was told later on that he came over because he was special Mm. needs and he played with us so he stopped coming over but never got the answer of why he did what he did just the protection of like we can't let her out of our sight if that made sense so i woke up from the dream and i went to my mom and my dad and i said this is a dream that i had i'm assuming the guy's name is daniel or i said david I said, I don't know, but I remember hearing Daniel in my dream. I told him from A to Z what I remember or what I saw in my dream. And my dad said, yeah, I had just got back in because my dad was a soldier. He was in the military, the army. He said he had just got back in and that's what he was faced with. My mom said that she had left out for a little bit and she came back. My uncles were supposed to be watching me or what have you. And, you know, it happened. They apologized, you know, profusely, like, you know, we're sorry. Like my dad said it was nothing that he could do because he wasn't there. But he feels like he needs to take the blame. And he took the blame because he should have protected me. And my mom was like, well, I didn't know that this was going on. We don't know how many times he had done it to you. She never told me about any other incident to where she saw blood in my pampers except that day. And she talked about how she like reprimanded my uncles because they should have been watching me. So my response was, I need to talk to him. I need to talk to him and I need to have my own conversation with him because I need to find out why. And I know that sounds stupid because he was special needs and he was severely is what she said. And so getting a response out of him would have been obsolete. Like I wouldn't have been able to get a correct response out of him. And I was furious because it was like, oh, so I just have to deal with this because he's special needs. I need to talk to him. And my mom in her trying to tell me like, hey, that's not going to work because he can't articulate, you know, this conversation. He may not even remember it. It drove a wedge between her and I because I felt like, oh, so you protecting this fool, like for real? I never got the conversation, needless to say, right? I continued to go on through life and I had more visions, I had more dreams, and I had more memories that popped up. The way that I was able to release the situation was I had to give it over. And this sounds so fucking cliche, but I literally had to tell God, look, I can't handle this. I can't even begin to dissect it. I can't chew on it. I can't taste it. I can't think it. I cannot handle this. I am going to take my life. I am done with the bullshit. I need you to take this from me. And it took some time because there were other things that happened and that'll be another, of course, you know, podcast. But it took some time, but eventually I was able to express what happened to me and not feel ashamed. Express what happened to me and not feel animosity or hate. Express what happened to me and be able to push forward with the benefit of what 
I learned and how it can help somebody else. It no longer became about me, but it became about helping the next person because there are so many men, so many women. And I say men first because we act as a society as though men don't go through rape, molestation, torture, and they do. But there are so many men and there are so many women who have lived the same life, who have gone through the same shit that I've gone through, if not worse, and they have nobody to speak to. I have learned in this spiritual walk, this journey, that if you do not face your past pains, they will come up and they will face you. Do you hear me? They will come up and they will make you pay attention to them. And I'm just going to be honest with you. It took time, but I didn't want to deal with this pain anymore. I didn't want to deal with the shame. I didn't want to feel like a worthless person piece of shit. And that's what I felt like. I wanted to have some type of power in the situation. So I internalized the fact that my past is not what determines or dictates my future and that I could take my past and I could help somebody who's either gone through it, going through it or getting ready to go through it. I can give them a nugget or give them, you know, a mindset change or a thought change in their pattern of the way that they think to be able to help them to be successful through or after this situation. Sexual assault, sexual abuse, you know, molestation, rape, torture, that is nothing that you play with. That is is a deep pain not saying that there aren't any other deep pains but that is a deep rooted pain that can become karmic and that become that can become generational and i refuse to have my sons have to deal with it i don't have a daughter at this present moment in time that we're talking but i am not god and i did not want even if i never have a daughter my son's daughters to have to deal with this type of pain no one should ever have to deal with it. So the purpose of this podcast is to talk about sexual assault, sexual pains, and being able to let go of it. The only way you're going to let go of it is if you acknowledge that it happened, that you feel the pain of what it was that happened, and that in you feeling the pain, reminding yourself that this has happened to me and it is not happening to me, and changing the narrative. That's the only way you're going to get through it. Change the narrative of your story and take back your power. You do not have to be a victim of your circumstances or your past. You can be a victor of it. So find something in that that's positive that you can use or that you can give to somebody who has gone through it or who is going through it. But do not allow sexual pain, past pain, past sexual pain to dictate who you are in the future. You can't go any higher than you allow yourself. And you are not allowing yourself to go to your highest if you are still yet holding on to past sexual assault. And trust me, you may need to go to therapy. You may need to, you know, do several meditations. You may have to find some type of healthy outlet, create boundaries, get yourself out of the situation. Whatever you got to do, You need to make sure that you handle it because you don't want that to be a hindrance in your future. And I'm telling you, if you don't deal with it now, it will deal with you. And it is a no bueno situation. So this has been interesting and very heavy. (laughs) 
This is your girl, Anterica, Spiritually Intuitive Sister. I hope that this has resonated with you. If you have any questions, email me at spirituallyintuitivesister at gmail.com. Those of you who have my phone number, call me. I'm trying to get an 800 number. Please bear with me. Look me up on IG, Spiritually Intuitive Sister, if you want to book a session with me to where we can dive deep and be able to help and lock arms and help you get out of that type of pain, whether it be sexual or any type of pain, getting you on the track that you should be, lock arms with me, set a session with me or what have you. I have half hour and 45 minutes, but whatever you got to do to be able to get you to your highest, greatest good, link up with me and set a session up with me so we can dive deep and we can go into the places that are not comfortable, but we can make sure that you are your highest and greatest good, living your best life. Again, this is Anterica, Spiritually Intuitive Sister. I am here for you one step at a time. You know where to see me and reach me. I hope that this resonates and I will talk to you guys next week, Thursday.